Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode 23. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, what a finish to the BMW Championship. Patrick Cantley rides a white-hot putter to a playoff victory over Bryson Shambo. So much drama to run back through from that event before... We move quickly on to the Tour Championship at East Lake in Atlanta and golf's biggest prize, the FedEx Cup Championship. Also, plenty of local golf to catch you up on with a couple events to recap and a couple to preview as college golf gets back underway this week. That's all on this episode of the Great Lakes Golf Podcast at theticketnorthernmichigan.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Let's go. So I guess we'll just go ahead and get started because this is this is. Just- kind of on the on the same page so with the with the local minute uh this past sunday and monday local we, look local look hunter oh we're called local minute <laughs> I have local. you're gonna take longer than a minute aren't you certainly am yeah so local look it is uh so 20 submit your su- submit your names to our twitter handle that has zero <laughs> jt and brad will take take we're nipping at no laying up's heels let me tell you <laughs> 25th GAM Women's Senior Championship this past Sunday and Monday over at Birchwood took place. Uh, just some, we had two ladies that we consider local locals, uh, Maureen Whitehead and Peter's mom, Trish Garber, both played, did not play their their best golf. Maureen shot 85-88, Trish shot 86-86. The course must have been playing, I did not ask Trish how the course was playing, but it must have been playing somewhat difficult. There were only... There were only two ladies that stayed in the 70s both days and only four ladies that shot in the 70s at all over over the two days. So I, I imagine that the course was playing uh, clearly somewhat somewhat difficult. So uh, congrats to, uh, to Terry Delcamp from Grand Blank. She won in a playoff on the first playoff hole. She shot a 79-78, 157. I it's been raining up there a lot, right? Because I'm in Chicago today. Hunter's up north. It's been raining, right? Uh, it has it. It rained. Yes, for this tournament. Yeah, it hasn't been raining the last couple of days, but yeah, leading up to Saturday, rather rather Friday night, all day Friday, Friday night, it rained pretty heavily up here. So I think my guess is that the woods played long. And that could have been one of the reasons for higher scores that the golf course was wet. I also had a source who will remain unnamed tell me that the greens may have been a little slower than some of the ladies anticipated. And my imp- their impression, the impression there was that it was tough to get get the blade down on them because of how wet they were. So it's long, and then it's tougher on the green. Yeah, that's gonna generate some some higher scores. So, I think yeah, my, I congrats to to the uh, who'd you say say uh, one more time the name of the winner? Will you? Yeah, t- uh, Terry Delcamp from Grand Blank shot seventy nine seventy eight uh, plus one or plus thirteen one fifty seven to take home the medalist honors in the first playoff hole against Shelly Weiss from Southfield. I, I do okay. think you mentioned the slow greens. I think that's always been my one knock against. Birchwood is they they feel sticky. I, I've had a lot of times where you feel like this putts downhill. It should 
it should roll out more and it just doesn't seem to as much as doesn't let gravity take over quite as if they look great they roll great but they're just a little sticky is what i've always i've always felt well what's really amazing about northern michigan golf is that there's one golf course up there it's a country club and birchwood's private too but it's it's two feet faster than every other green yeah I mean, I can't, I can't tell you the second fastest greens in Northern Michigan. The Heather, I think. I think the Heather when they're when they're like mid season, I don't think you get much. Yeah. I think Bayview and Heather are pretty much sitting there. And Bert, I like. So you guys have the disadvantage of every time you leave that club having to readjust. Where there's only one, if whoever comes into Bayview's the lone club you have to adjust to if you're playing any of the other courses, whereas if you flip that, you have to adjust to every other course that you play. Okay. Oh, if I'd have to find some exact numbers, but Bayview Country Club and Bay Harbor Golf Club do a essentially a battle of the bay every year where they send 12 guys over to us. We send 12 guys over to them every other year. And I think Petoskey has won at Bayview for the last 15 years because the greens are about, what do you think, three three feet faster at Bayview than they are at Bay Harbor. And that's no, that's not really nothing against Bay Harbor. You just can't have them that fast. You have that many players on them constantly. So they always, they always struggle mightily when they come over here on the fast greens. And then do you guys get waxed over there? Oh yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's the recap of the senior women's, the GAM senior women's open at Birchwood country club, given a true test of golf. Yep, but yep. that's not the only thing going on in local golf, right? So keep us rolling. Yeah, we have the the also in in the GAM world, we have the 39th GAM Mid Am Championship over at um, <clears throat> at Boyne Highlands this weekend or this week rather. So it takes place tomorrow or today and tomorrow Wednesday. My apologies, it is Wednesday and Thursday, but that's September 1st and 2nd. It is on the Heather and the Moor, starting on the Heather, uh, going to the Moor. Not a, not a not a ton of names that we've that we've talked about on the show. Uh, a name that that I played high school golf with and had a successful high school career and played at Michigan State, I believe, is uh, Charlie Green, who is a, a local name is uh, is playing has has had some success in these uh, tournaments. So best of luck to to Charlie and 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 everyone else uh, playing. I mean just. I'm sure the Heather is in absolutely. We were we were talking about it two minutes ago, but those are I think those are Heather Moore. Heather Moore is a sweet 36 hole setup. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. And I like that more than if you're going to play the Heather on one of those two. I like the more as the other course than any of the other options because it's the most. Those two are the most similar of any two courses on the property. Yeah, I, and I think the Moore and the Heather are the two truest tests on the property too. I don't think that I don't think you can. I think anybody can go whack around the hills and post a number, which is why it's top five golf. <laughs> it's top. Mm. <laughs> no, it's it's not. But I do There's think anybody, anybody can go. The, I, yeah, if you miss it by sixty yards, <laughs> you have to miss it. Deceptively troublesome on the hills. Trust me. There's bad spots on the hills. I've found them. <laughs> You have to miss the ball by 50 yards. To find no, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Not on the back nine. Starting on nine, the golf course gets hundred. Yes, last yeah, time I nine, is, nine, is, nine is a hard golf hole. I will give you that. And then you go Very. to 10. I hit a shot to 10 feet on 10, and it went all the way off the green, 50 feet below the level of the green into a gully to the right. I don't think that's... 
I'm sorry for that for that situation you were in, but I don't think a 330 yard hole where you can just hit like a five iron wedge is it should be like a. What do you mean, like every hole at Bayview? Yeah, well, they're, not they're, go down, don't go down. Don't go not, down this. I don't think those holes are are hard or, or easy either, or hard either. But I'm just not a very good wedge player. <laughs> you don't think two can present his fair share of challenges at Petoskey Bayview Country Club? I know this is super inside baseball, but come um, on now. I think the hills. I think the hills fairway is twice about as the wide. Length of holes, not. Let's try talking over each other a little bit more. <laughs> the number 10 at the you hills go. is twice as wide as number two at Bayview. Twice, maybe three times as wide. The landing area couldn't be more the, couldn't be more but the, presenting. But the green, the green, the way that the, the green <laughs> is the defense of the golf hole. It is. So that's so there are more ways to challenge the golfer than just by making it narrow. That's true. That's true. You can False fronts. Okay. Well, good luck to everybody playing Heather Moore. Hopefully the greens are faster out there than they were at Birchwood last weekend. I don't want to hear any stories. <laughs> uh, and then uh, finally, something new that I was not uh, I was not really aware of prior to two nights ago. Uh, the Island Resort and Casino Intercollegiate is taking place uh, this upcoming weekend over over Labor Day weekend. This is the, the first uh, collegiate tournament for Michigan State, Northern, and University of Michigan. This takes place up in uh, Harris, Michigan, which is up in the UP. They they play at uh, the course that is next to uh, at Sage Run up in the UP. So that so as you, you guys are familiar, James uh, James Piot and Bradley Smithson. James obviously won the uh, U.S. Am and Bradley won the uh, Michigan Open, so they are making their uh, starts for the collegiate. And this is uh, James' senior year, fifth-year senior, and then this is Bradley's uh, junior year. And then also from U. First M, competitive golf for James. First competitive golf for James, right? Yes. Since I believe since so. the victory, the big yes. win at the U.S. Amateur. Yep, I believe so. So we'll keep we will uh, we will keep you guys posted on. On the scores next week, see how I see how those guys did. I think outside of that, I don't really have a, a a ton else for the for the local look. I don't think. Hunter, you are forgetting about the uh, Champions Tour stop at uh, Warwick Hills, and I, I want to get to the guys in the Corn Ferry Tour finals too in a second. But Joe Durant wins um, at Warwick Hills with a three day total of I believe 17 under just just gets it done uh little wobbly coming in hits it into the wrong fairway off 18t kind of a blocked slice then has to sort of lay up hitting it back up over the trees into the fairway gets into kind of a low area and you could tell from watching that the golf course had taken on kind of a lot of rain um and he hit it heavy should have gone in the front left bunker and it got like a weird, really fortunate bounce. He was able to putt it from there, which he handled poorly, hitting it like six feet past. And then he knocked that in for bogey to avoid um, having to go to a playoff. But the golf course did look good and did hold up despite having taken quite a bit of rain. But if you listen last week, the big takeaway was that Hunter did not put an each way 
on my KJ Choi ticket, which I explicitly asked him to do, and therefore I was not paid out for his top five finish, which I predicted. Um, so that's disappointing. But anyway, on to the uh, Corn Ferry Tour Finals. Brem missed the cut on the number in um, Columbus. That golf course is hard. For those of you guys that have never uh, been there, I've had the uh, displeasure of being in Columbus, Ohio several times. Is this the university course? Yeah. Yeah. The Scarlet and Gray mm-hmm. course or something, I think it's called. Um, and there might there might be two 18s there. It's a nice facility, nice complex, and long and tree-lined and a tough golf course. So, Brem missed on the number. Can you pull up the uh, – can you get the finals 25 rankings going? Because he was in the 40s. And then I want to pull up this screenshot that I took because I don't think people realize, even those of us who follow Ryan and other PGA pros from Michigan – how just how good he hits the ball. So I saw this from no laying up over the weekend. Bryson's average club head speed of 132 and a half miles per hour is almost four and a half miles per hour faster than the fastest average club head speed in a single season previously. Do you want to guess who held that record? I'm going to ruin the game because I saw the same tweet. Uh, it's Ryan Brown. 128.18. So that's how fast Ryan swings the club and how good he hits it. So um, anyway, he missed He missed right on the number, I think. And then like Joey made it on the number. They were both really dancing around the cut line there. But um, Joey wasn't able to put anything together on the weekend, so he needs a huge week this week. And then Ryan, I'm sure, needs something in the neighborhood of a top like eight or something. I would think at least he's he's right now he's t five t fifty third, and Joey is uh, solo sixty nine. So they both yeah yeah Joey okay. might need a win, and and Ryan needs not far behind that. Can you see the number of points that the person in twenty fifth has? I can, yes. The uh, Trey Molinex is in 25th place right now with 100 points, and Ryan has 22.6, and Joey has 9. And I don't know, I can't. Yeah, so I'm thinking 100, 100 points sounds like about maybe like a top 12 or something like that. You are, I think you Top 10-ish. So his pass. try to see Molinex results here. Trey's a really good player. Talk about somebody who can hit it a mile. So stressful for these guys to, to go through this and play a three event. Like on the PGA side, it's all fun and games. It's like <laughs> you're 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 damn it, it's over. There's no fear of loss. Yeah, how you play, you only stand to gain, and you can see these guys playing with something of reckless abandon like a Sergio, like a Norin, who you see soaring up the board at the BMW trying to get into the Tour Championship coming from the mid-40s or whatever. Um, in the Corn Ferry Tour Finals, it's like you're, you know, you really feel like if you're not in the 25 that you've you've lost a huge opportunity because you're, 
all every single one of these guys has the expectation that they're a PGA tour player and should be on PGA tour next season. So I just think it's so different psychologically. I am on the brink of having this for you. He missed the cut last week traded. So he would have, Yeah, I saw that. I think he missed right on the number with, with Ryan too. He did. So it it must've been in Boise that he got his. Yeah. Boise would have been Boise is a good golf course for him. Talk about a course that's open. And, of course, the ball goes forever. So I have a T-16th in Boise. So that must be his 100 points. So there's a – okay, so there's 100 points. is about a 16th. So then if you look at the standings, you probably figure everybody's still playing. They're still all collecting points. If 100 points through two weeks is 25th, presumably 150-ish – would be um, top 25 next week. So these guys need to earn, in the case of Ryan, 130. In the case of Joey, 140 points to have a chance. So any once they get in or around the top 10, they're live. I don't know how exactly it's going to shake out in terms of, well, 7th, 8th, ninth, 6th, what, how, how it will shake out in terms of what will be good enough. And, of course, that depends on how these other guys uh, play. But yeah, I think they're all there. If you're at 227, you're all the way in. So if you were to get to 200, it'd be a guarantee. But I think 200 is you need the top five to get it to get 200. Okay. So anyway, that's I know that's so that was kind of unscientific, but if you're going to be watching Corn Ferry Tour finals and Ryan and Joey as closely as we are this weekend, that's that's sort of uh the target that those guys will be will be looking at. Of course, you got to take it one day, one shot at a time. Make it to the weekend and then make your move, but that's kind of where they stand. Yeah, I wish they did. I don't know. If you, what are your thoughts on, I don't TV deals would never go for it, sponsors never go for it, but you'd love to see these guys get a little more of a spotlight rather than um, <clears throat> the situation, Labor Day weekends, competing against the tour championship, not to say the tour championships like going to draw all the eyes, but what about like a, like a, what would that be? A Wednesday through Saturday sort of thing. Finish on, finish on a Saturday. There's no, I guess this is the first week of college football. So you struggle with that. Maybe like a Tuesday, Friday. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of ways to, cause this is, I mean, these are, we've just talked about, this is a, these are life, life changing hours for these guys. Whereas on the tour championship, it's like, well, we'll see you next year at the masters at yada, yada at all these events. They just, mm-hmm. they, they just got mm-hmm. into and these, and then these guys are fighting for their, <laughs> for their cars. Yeah. It's a good point. Cause this is actually, this is better apart from these guys being at this stage, you know, they're in these playoffs for a reason. Um, so the golf maybe is not as quite of high a quality as, presumably 30 of the best 50 ish players in the world who are competing at one event on the tour championship side. But this is this, the corn Ferry is more exciting. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's a better watch. It's obviously more stressful. As you point out, it's more meaningful and there's a lot, like there's a lot of guys in play. Uh, usually 
because it's only three events and the way that these points are determined, like we were just talking about with the 10th, the 9th, the 8th or whatever, there's going to be guys bouncing around over and under the 25 number throughout the course of their weeks and, and even just their Sundays. So, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, these guys are going to – if you get the top 25, you have to go play it or you're going to want to go play it. Safeway or whatever it is that's the first um, event of the season. So in that sense, they have to play the same week. But I don't mind the Wednesday through Saturday. I would, you know, I'd be curious to know what players would think about that. And would you have to do every playoff event Wednesday through Saturday so Sunday can be a prep day, um, and, uh, and you can travel and get to the get to the golf course. But yeah, it'd be nice to have them done because you then you have Sunday to sort of profile some of these guys and invite them back to the tour and maybe that becomes a part of the tour's presentation of the uh, tour championship since you do have fewer guys on the golf course and later starts and things of that nature i could see sort of a program with you know interviews and maybe we can get a little bit more on these guys stories and um you know obviously a guy like uh scott gichewski 44 years old getting back onto the tour, you know, uh, Ben Coles, who's been off the, off PGA for what I think almost a decade getting back onto the tour. Like th- there's really interesting human interest angles that you're correct in pointing out that the tour probably misses by not highlighting them as much as they could. Yeah. I think there's all, I mean, there's, I'd love to see the tour use Labor Day to its advantage. I swore that this used to always be a Friday start, Monday finish. Am I losing my? At some point, there has been an event that was a, a Friday start, Monday finish to finish on the holiday, and I was expecting it this week, and I just didn't. It's a Thursday start. Is that not? The, has that never happened? That's happened. I don't know, and you're right though, because Monday is such a better viewing day because Monday becomes the Sunday. On Sun Sunday is a second Saturday. Exactly. On this weekend, for so many people, they're they're out spending the day as they might spend a Saturday. Yeah recreationally not at the in the house whereas on a sunday you're usually winding down and prepping for your week by the end of the weekend and that's why golf is immensely popular particularly in final rounds so yeah, i don't know why they're not doing that again it, are we playing a golf tournament next week maybe that's the answer hunter i don't know what we at the fear of sounding ignorant i don't know what we would be playing safely isn't that that, that week next week already no, we have time off. Oh my gosh, they changed it. I say we just completed a mega. We just completed the mega season. Safeway dropped. Wow. Oh boy, it's the Fortinet Championship at Silverado Resort and Spa. When is that? Mark my words, Adam Shank. At either the we got to be on him for the Fortinet and the Sanderson Farms. I just, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. But yeah, we play. So we have a one week break. Then we go to Silverado. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. The week of the 13th, then the Ryder Cup. Then we go to Jackson, Mississippi for the Sanderson Farms after the Ryder Cup. Just in case anybody was wondering. I was going to say, I think they, they deserve a one a one week. I don't think anybody in the Tour who Who in the Tour Championship? No. I They're not going to play the Sanderson. No. Zero for 30. I mean the uh, Fortinet. 
Fortnite, yes. Uh, that's or true. the Sanderson, for that matter, and they wouldn't have played the Safeway had it been. No, 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 that's not true. I was going to say, I thought people did play the Safeway. No, no, no. Cam Champ didn't make the uh, Final 30, did he? No. Nope, he did not. Nice lip smack there. No. That was impressive. All right, well, I think we've buried the lead deep enough into this podcast, haven't we? Yeah, was there a golf tournament this weekend? I'm not really sure where to start. First of all, to all of you Bryson betters who were gloating all week with your 35-1 to tickets, it ain't over till it's over. And I know most of you did not have each ways on that. So... (laughs) Because we don't live victory in Illinois. For those that's of us who, it's a minor moral victory for those of us who missed the obvious value on Bryson at 35. Now, some of us didn't even get the chance to see the number at 35. He got bet down so fast last week. And then all of a sudden he was eight points below Rory. And, and all of a sudden it didn't look like quite as much value, though the fit was just so obvious. Um and if it weren't for the blazing hot putter, really the white hot putting of Patrick Cantlay, Bryson would have beaten everybody by about five strokes last week. And he still should have beaten Cantley three different times uh, over the course of this, what was, I think, 72nd, 73rd, and 75th holes, maybe. Um, Boy, but- I think you're being generous there with only three times. Think Unbelievable! You might, I think you might be being a little generous. Because <laughs> can we start like looking at sixteen, seventeen? Before like the, I think he went like five or six straight holes where he couldn't one putt, and he had like decent looks at all of them. Because he didn't, he, uh, he, he didn't get up and down putt. on. He made a good putt on sixteen. Was it seventeen? Where R five? Yeah, seventeen. After he hit the terrible second. Mm-hmm. Well, I think is where he he had a chance to where it wasn't Patrick in a drop Patrick was I thought he was in a in a hazard off the tee or in a hat where he is he's lost was, it, 17 mm-hmm. so he's lost the shot and then he still ended up being down one he was he was a shot in the hole already had a shot in the hole and still ended up getting into the playoff so I think we could start at that that point. was when that's when Azinger pulled out the Y word on Bryson <laughs> he's got the chipping yips I uh, I guess I didn't watch enough of the early part of the. I watched all the playoff. I didn't watch much of the early. I didn't see these yips where they they weren't good. Were they bad? Did you watch them? He didn't chip. <laughs> he didn't chip. He just putted from off the green, and so they were ripping him for putting off the green. Which I found. I saw some guys post on Twitter. It's like Steve's twenty eight under, and the announcers are ripping him for putting off the green. Like this is what's wrong with. Like the Bryson hate has, has got, and I, I tend to agree, feels like the anti-Bryson stuff is so prevalent, ubiquitous throughout the world of golf now that it's like subtly getting into the broadcast, even when they're not, like they're almost doing it subconsciously. But then you, if you read that story about him confronting a fan as he walked off the 18th green, like obviously the a lot of that is going to continue uh, as a result of that. But yeah, they were ripping him for putting off green as he's 28 under and just tearing the golf course apart with his driver. And 
finally he had to chip on 17 and it he looked like a guy who was putting off the green not because he thought that that was the better play but just because he couldn't chip yeah so it was an ugly chip and yeah that's that what you're right he made a great putt on 16 but then 17 was a missed opportunity and uh yeah missed so many putts to win but crazy from the betting side and then i know you have a ton of uh Cantley stats over there about just how good the putting was. Yeah, and I, I will. You mentioned that video or the the story about Bryson confronting the fan at the end of the golf tournament and telling him to get the f out after the golf tournament was over. Like he didn't have much of a choice. Bryson he had to leave. <laughs> the tournament was over. I will stop at nothing until I find that video. I will stop at nothing. <laughs> I will search far and wide. I will do whatever it takes. I will find that video. I don't care what it takes. That video will make me laugh so hard because I can just, I can picture him doing it, but I, and I will find it. I promise I will find that video. So yeah, you, uh, well, I, I, go ahead. I feel badly for him. Why? Is that a bad take? I, don't, I, don't, I, I At this point, it's too far. Like we've taken it too far. Stop saying Brooksy. That isn't funny. Like, that isn't funny. Like, I know it's he makes it so much funnier by acting like a child when we when you say that. But that doesn't make it funny in itself. And like you're waiting until he's way past you and he just lost the gun. Like, that's so scummy. It was. It was a serious like, insult to injury. Just just lost after that's missing a, worse, a thousand putts in a, a row. That's a worse move than anything Bryson's ever done. So I, I, we can't really be like, yeah, that, that was a poor reaction. That person's a fan. He's a player. You have to learn how to deal with that. I get it, yada, yada, yada. But still, we can all observe that situation and say, that person had it coming. What a dick. If he, if he wants to be in the spotlight clearly wants to be in the spotlight he wants to be different if he wants to be the heel he better be the heel because he's he's like because that's i I, re, I almost respect patrick reed because he he knows that people hate him and he embraces it and he's like oh screw you guys i'm i'm i don't really care if you hate me i need bryson to start he's asking for essentially what i mean what he's asking for is what he's getting but he just needs to be able to react to that in a little bit better way i mean he, he he is trying to put himself out there it sure but seems he like he never it. wanted he never he's never wanted to be the heel that's not his personality he's patrick reed has a chip on his shoulder he's it's an us against the world thing with patrick reed bryson he doesn't understand if you you know read that piece and i have to give that guy's name which is really hard to pronounce but y'all probably know the piece that i'm talking about First name's Kevin, right? Yeah, I was just gonna give us a Van something. It's Van mm-hmm. something Dutch. But he touched on, and I believe he's a hundred percent right, based on what I've witnessed and what little I've been told about Bryson. That he's not. That's not his. It's more of like this LeBron type of situation where he's caught between. He really wants to be beloved, but sometimes he feels stuck in a corner and he does things that make himself the villain sort of unwittingly. And certainly the golf world has helped to sort of position him in that way. But 
that's not that's never going to be he'll never embrace it the way that reed has what he really needs to do is to be more honest that is the best advice i could probably give him speak more be more forthright be more honest don't try to be anyone other than just who you are and chances are we're going to accept accept you um much better than we have when you're forcing things like the brooks rivalry and being the heel and some of that stuff just be the goofy dork who's really into golf and is trying to change the game and wants to move the game forward and you will grow the game tremendously and be one of the most important figures of your generation but currently you're headed down a path that is is unsustainable for you in terms of your public image it'll be it'll be very interesting to see these next this next year i for the sake of him i hope he has a very good rider cup I, I, and he needs to he needs to win points um he, he needs to get, he's playing, get along so with everyone he's gonna he's gonna crush people i hope so i just i, I just watched him i just watched him miss five straight 15 to 10 10 to 15 footers makes me a little nervous he's the second best putter. he's well, the best putter. he's been the best putter on tour all year second best third best putter on tour louis up there obviously can't lay beat him with the putter but between the driving and the putting, he should be able to dominate at not necessarily dominate at whistling, but that golf course sets up really, really well for the way that Bryson is playing right now. Now, granted, he will have to chip a little bit, but they can, that tournament's not for 19, 20 days or whatever. So, no, 22 days, 24 days. He's got some time to uh, work that out. If the Americans lose the Ryder Cup, it will be fully mental. Because well, yeah, yeah, like it always. We is. have some really <laughs> phenomenal players in phenomenal form right now. All of a sudden, Xander is going to be a captain's pick. He just won the Olympics, and he's probably going to have a great, great week at East Lake because it's a, he's a horse for course. Yeah, it's in, um, without doing much research, and now now we're sort of far off on the Cantley putting stats, but who, how have the players done that won, that played well in the Olympics? How have they fared since the Olympics? Have we seen a hangover? Am I just thinking of just Xander, Colin? Wait, am I, am I, is, are we seeing something here where they, they take over to go over to a, that song, Jay. that's true. He's actually turned, he's actually been playing like far better since, since his little vacay. So I don't. I guess and see and Siwu since the Olympics has been in a playoff, and then had a good weekend last weekend. I don't know if he made it all the way into the top thirty. He should have. He has a win in a second. Um, but we know how still how whatever that it, it's so favors late season points. Um, I saw someone mention something. I don't know. I don't know, about... to, I don't know what to make of that. But yeah, Xander has definitely fizzled. A little bit. I think he's going to come. I think personally, he's going to come roaring back this week. I'm never on Xander, but I have. I don't see. Oh, I love. It. I don't see him not. He's limited field, no cut. <laughs> he's really good at this golf course. Like here we go again now with the the Xander kind of setup here. No, exactly. I think his. I wish I had it right in front of me. I just saw it, it was. I want to say it was somewhere around. 
67, 68 scoring average. Never, never posted over 72 here in 16 rounds. Something, something along those. And I'll confirm that real quick. But yeah, I didn't know the numbers behind it, but just looking at the leaderboards, there's a few guys that definitely pop here. But I don't want to get too far into the tour championship because I, I want to touch on a couple more things. First of all, for people, there's this golf Twitter is so fun. Like I can't help myself from looking at this stuff and then responding to it, even though I don't respond to it actually on Twitter. I just wait until we record this. If you think that Patrick Cantlay is boring, if you were putting that out there over the course of the week and into Sunday, you got what you deserved. You got what you deserved. Egg, meat, face. Like these, some of these takes are so bad what would you prefer that he do you want him to make more bombs on the greens do you want him to hit more fairways and and greens like do you want him to almost chip out hole out on 18 from on a shot that i heard from people who've played that golf course before you can't really and i saw rom in the same spot and he had 25 feet for par can't lip that out knocked in a seven footer so boring so boring. Not anybody I'd, I'd, it's, it's, I saw people saying that there's no one that they enjoyed watching less. You don't enjoy watching Ryan Armour less than you enjoy watching Patrick Cantley. What a shot at Ryan. Like, what are you talking about? Sorry, Ryan Armour, but like, come on, come on, guys. You're talking about one of the best. 10 or 15 golfers in the world. Do I love the guy? No, not particularly, but I would never say that he's boring to watch because I understand golf. I think this is the, so I was so pleased they put on the best show of the season after there was a narrative on Twitter that he's really boring to watch. So they got what they deserve. Uh, First off, Golf Twitter is is the biggest cesspool of people in the entire world. It is one of the worst places on planet Earth. Don't ever go to well, it's golf. It's not Twitter. as bad as politics, Twitter. Uh, I think it is. I think it's worse. They're all just the biggest pretent- pretentious assholes. Everyone thinks they're a scratch golfer. It is It is a terrible, terrible place. Uh, yeah, and this is the same, probably the same people that were saying Cantlay is boring are the people that were saying that Lexi Thompson has a bad swing. Remember that? Yes. Like, yeah. you are so, let's see your swing. <laughs> like, give me a break. This is one of the most successful modern players on the LPGA. You think your swing is bad? What do you think of John Daly's swing? What do you think of Jim Furyk's swing? All that matters is the impact zone, people. That's all that matters. So just uh and so go go on to, to Cantley. He he is not boring to watch. He is a stone cold killer. Absolute killer. Uh and and he was put in every position where it looked like, you know what, Patrick, you played a heck of a round of golf, heck of four rounds of golf, but I think Bryson might outlast you here. And he whenever the 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 Bell rang. He definitely answered. Uh, so just, a, I mean, a few stats that, that Peter mentioned. Cantley gained fourteen point six strokes 
gained putting over the weekend, which is the most ever in the history of ShotLink since they started keeping track in 2004. Patrick also made just shy of 500 feet of putt, oh, putts, uh, 500 feet of putts over the four days, 498 to be exact. That is the most since the 2019 Shriers Open when Kevin Na, Kevin Na, my lord, 558 feet of putts. Such a good putter. <laughs> Incredible. He's in the field of the Tour Championship. What a beast. Incredible. And then uh, even more, just, just as far as the playoff, I mean, we are in a I think it's pretty special season for the, very unlikely to have this many playoffs, especially playoffs that last this long. So this, this they concluded the, their, what was that, the sixth playoff hole? They played six playoff holes over the weekend? I lost track. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> we can, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, it was the 40th playoff hole of the season and the fourth one to go four or more holes, which is, like I said, pretty, pretty unheard of. And Peter's mentioned he lost track. What are your thoughts on every time a hole finishes – you have to essentially like give you give away the club that you hit your tee shot with, or you have to like pull a club out of your bag, and the player the other player gets to pick. Is that is that too? That's the gimmicky. That's so gimmicky. Did you come up with that? No, no. Is that making the rounds? Uh, that's making the rounds, and I don't and think it's. I don't think it's cool actually. That is golf Twitter. I don't think it's actually serious because it is super gimmicky. It doesn't really determine the best player. But if we're just going to keep having I'm, – I'm not opposed to, to nine-hole nine playoffs, eight-hole playoffs, but – I personally think that they – this is my takeaway. The Harry playoff is really long at the Travelers. They need to play more holes. It, How many times did we play 18? Like, uh, can we play 16? We played it four times. We played 17 twice. That that was it was I know, two two I know one they, two one it, yeah. It's difficult for the get like the galleries. I get why they're doing that. It's as much for the viewers on the grounds, and I would I, I appreciate that that's part of their decision making, and I think that that's maybe that's still the right thing to do. But if you wanted, I'm not so sure long playoffs are bad. I mean that was really thrilling. But if you wanted a fairer evaluation or you wanted a quicker resolution, you would not be, you wouldn't play the same hole so many times. I would play 18, then I would play 17, then I would play 16, then I would play 15, or vice versa. Go back, play, knowing, hey, in case this thing goes long, we're going to start and play the last few holes of the golf course again. You know, if you did that in this case, you'd play a par five, a par three, and a par four. So you're more likely to create circumstances under which two players are going to make a different score. But that was thrilling. So I don't have a problem with long playoffs, and there's no doubt this has been the year of the uh, the year of the playoff. Maybe we'll get another playoff at the Tour Championship for the 15 mil. You know, the 15 mil is even less big of a deal when you realize that doesn't second place get 10? Yeah, if you finish in the top seven, I think you're making at least a million. I think it's something yeah, something right. like that. Put the corn fairy on the major networks. All right, one thing I, we have to talk about, 
can you stop walking, Patrick? <sighs> well, okay, that? yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because you say like you feel bad for Bryson. Oh, you feel bad for him, but like stuff like that, really. Well, okay. I wish I saw the full video so I could see well, exactly where see, Patrick it could was. Be totally legitimate. You've never asked somebody to stop moving or don't stand there or whatever when you're playing golf. Hey, man, do you, do you know who I play? I wouldn't have said it in such like a, you know. And didn't he also, he just stuck it right after he said that, too. He hit it to like four feet. Uh, no, the exact opposite. He he said be good and ended up being like 30 feet short. Patrick drains a 20-footer right on his forehead. and No, it wasn't 30 feet short. So that was 18 in regulation then? No, this happened. No, 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 no. The, the stop walking thing happened on 14. That's what, that's what got oh. Patrick going. So he was, he was either one or two back at this point and everyone. Oh, that was way back on 14. Everyone in this, the cesspool that is Twitter was, was pretty much was saying that that was the moment that, that Patrick Reed was like, well, screw this guy. <laughs> can't let. Patrick can't let. Yeah. Ex- yeah. If you're going to talk to me like this, basically the same person we're going to, so uh, no, it so happened on 14. That that putt he had on 18 was was yeah. The Patrick's was 20 feet. I think Bryson was like 10, wasn't it? Eight or 10. One thing's for sure: if you get the chance to play golf with Bryson, don't bring your wireless speaker. Okay, do not play your favorite radio station or playlist while you're playing golf with Bryson because he's gonna have to tell you to stop doing that. Yeah, I, I can't even. <laughs> you mentioned like. <laughs> If I never told anybody to stop moving, you know who I play golf with. Like, I think they're moving on purpose. Like, well, not at this, not at this stage. You're playing like country club golf or whatever. But if you were playing tournament golf and somebody was just like, it's just like, you may not know. I've had somebody ask me, hey, 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 heads up, dude. You know, sometimes you just like you don't normally say that, but say, can you stop walking? Back? <laughs> it's just, it's an odd way to go about it. But like, you know, hey, dude, can you hold up a second? Or like, I've been in the way. I've had people say, "Yo, dude," and I'm be like, "Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. You're right. I'm. I shouldn't be over here. I shouldn't be talking. I shouldn't be whatever. You know, we're not. We're not perfect, but hopefully, they at least said please. Feeding to you. the fu- feeding the fire of the Bryson anti the anti Bryson movement. It's all I can. That's what it's called. It's an anti Bryson movement. I do think he, I've been part of it, but it's gone too far. He is good for the game. I don't think I don't think anybody likes him, but I think he's really good. I think people like to watch him fail. You know who was the saddest person in America watching all that unfold? Who? Steve Stricker. Because he realizes there's another guy that Bryson can't play with in September at Whistling Straits. They played how many holes together? This week, and did they speak to each other? Did they say a word? They never talk to each other uh, when they're coming off the tee or anything. They just talk to each other's caddies the whole time. I uh, that was so awkward and and fun to watch between the handshake and after regulation and the handshake after after Cantley won. They looked and shook hands for in both handshakes to combine one second, I think. Milliseconds. <laughs> it was, if you blinked, you missed it. I'm trying to find, there was a, a tweet last night from, here it is, <clears throat> regarding the, the U.S. Ryder Cup. 
So just to clarify, on the U.S. Ryder Cup team, Brooks and Bryson hate each other. Cantlay and Bryson hate each other. Brooks and DJ hate each other, which this one I'm not I'm not sure. That one I think was more like a joke, but whatever. And if he makes a miraculous recovery uh, from his sickness, Reed hates everyone. Everyone hates him. <laughs> so U.S. team's doing just fine. They're going to be all right. This is why we lose. <laughs> It, is, it has nothing to do with how we play golf or the courses we play or anything. It has to do with the fact that under these circumstances, it cannot seem to perform. I think you do, to a certain extent, you have to play, always have to play golf for yourself. Playing for a partner can be a powerful, motivating factor in playing good golf, which many of us know about from playing and, you know, member members and things of that nature when you're responsible when you're sharing a ball or you're responsible to another player um and team golf is fun when you do it when you do it right never looks like we're having that much fun at the Ryder cup does it no i i wonder so more to your point that i think the u.s does play a ton of growing up junior golf is a ton of individual focused golf does does the europeans play a ton of team golf Growing up, I mean, like they, because they do seem like they are much more able to be teammates than the U.S. team ever dreamed of being. That's a good question. I, I don't know, but you're definitely right that we don't play any. I don't remember ever playing a team event as a junior. No, no, God, no, no. Like, yeah, you, you play like you play to post a score with a team, but you're still individual ball. You're never playing like yeah, a yeah. Better high ball school golf is something of a team sport. You are. You realize. The score that matters most is the the four scores that we take. So you may play slightly more conservative in certain situations, mm-hmm. um, but that's totally different than playing a shot or best ball. Oh, hundred percent. Right, should we? Do we need anything more on the BMW Bryson Cantley Ryder Cup, or can we? Should we move on to the Tour Championship? No, I think I think that is that is all I have. Uh, I will say I, I think this it's really cool to see Patrick playing well again. I remember the, the watching the 2011 USAM against Kelly Craft and thinking this kid is an absolute stud. He was I think he was the he was ranked number one amateur in the world for the longest time prior to John Rahm coming along and stealing the show. But he was some, somewhere like a hundred plus weeks of being ranked number one. He had to. He had that back injury, and then he had a wrist injury, and then his his friend tragically died. So, I think this is a long time coming for Patrick Re- or for Patrick Cantley, and he's proven it with the the wins he has are not against some throwaway throwaway fields. He's beating the best the best players. Uh, so, I know we're ten years later than what we kind of thought we, we would see him, or nine years later, but it's awesome to see. All right, I got to get Xfinity out here. This is getting ridiculous. What do you have? That internet that drops out. I have to go restart my router all the time. It was weird. I could, like, see it starting to happen because you started to get, like, yellow. You went from white bars to yellow bars. Oh. Because I don't really know. But it, it so audio might be a little choppy. Well, yeah, we were talking about read, right? Oh, boy. That's when you cut out. No, I, I so I I think where I finished, we were about to go to the tour championship, and I mentioned that I want to say one more thing about Patrick Cantley. 
I remember watching the the 2011 USAM against Kelly Craft at Aaron yeah. Hills, I believe. This kid was was kind of destined to be the next the next best thing. He was the he was number one ranked amateur for the longest time in history, uh, prior to John Rahm coming along. Um, and then he had he had a wrist injury like two or three years on tour. And then he had, or back start rather sorry back injury first, then a wrist injury, mm-hmm. and then he he lost a buddy in a tragic accident. So to to see him start to really play well, and he's playing well against against good competition fields that have some of the better players in the world. So it is it's nine years later than what maybe a lot of us expected to see it, but I think this is um, this is great to see for for Patrick Cantley. I, I mean he's a phenomenal player and we saw it I mean, it's really awesome to see him get the spotlight even though he he obviously doesn't necessarily want it but I mean that was that was Patrick Cantley I think that's he made a point that is how he feels like he should be able to putt how he remembers I mean he, he's finally starting to get that confidence back so this is so it's great I think he's, he's a problem he's a problem be, moving forward it's going to be scary for people if he's stays hot with his putter the yeah. only thing that will keep him from racking up victories is the fact that he doesn't play very often. No, he no, he's select selective scheduling. I made the joke last week that he's a part-time professional golfer, but this is I I I mean I'm a well, huge believer in Patrick Cantley. Um I was watching I was paying attention to amateur golf back when he was uh he was the big thing in, in in golf um and he's older than some of these other guys which you know we don't realize but yeah one year of college i think straight to the pros successful and then uh you know disappeared from people's minds for the reasons that hunter mentioned but he is i've been trying to tell people that he's like he's if you want to know how good he is i think he's better than xander I was waiting for you. I thought you were just going to insert the audio from from a few months ago, where where Peter made the comment that he thought that Patrick Cantley was better than Xander. Well, and I didn't need validation for that point. I think that that <laughs> will bear itself out over time, over the course of their careers. And I don't. It's not like they're he's substantially better or whatever. I just think that we were having a gambling conversation, and Xander is consistently priced much much lower than Patrick Cantley, and obviously that has to do with the fact that. People love betting on Xander. Nobody wants to bet on Cantley. We just went through the whole Cantley is boring, all this nonsense. So, um, I just I don't think that 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 just. Hopefully, people appreciate, you know, just how good he is. This isn't like a flash in the pan. Kind of, I know he had a super super hot putter, but let's not forget the two of these guys were lapping the rest of the field. Everybody else was playing for third. You know, it reminded me of Troon and watching Phil and Stenson had just play a two-man, a Shell's Wonderful World of Golf two-man golf tournament on a Sunday in a major, which can be thrilling and certainly was in that case and in this case. So, I mean, it, it required that kind of a putting effort from Cantlay, but he's to even – have a chance in that tournament on a Bryson course like that when Bryson hits 300 and however many yards, you know, he's, he's, he's up there in the very top echelon right now. Yeah. I don't think I meant, I, I'm glad you mentioned that 
uh, that showdown. What did they call it? The showdown in the sun. The the open chip between Phil and Stenson. I, mean, I couldn't decide if, if I thought that was more entertaining just because it was a little bit longer stretch of, of golf. Um, but that was my first thought when they started to really duel it out into like that third, fourth playoff hole. And like, this is just some of the best golf I've seen since, since that day. And then I don't think anybody was talking about it, but we needed to remind the listeners that Patrick Cantley was hitting like a mid iron into 18 while Bryson was hitting a wedge. And this just kept happening and happening. And I, and I, I this is like a 50, 60 yard difference between the two of them. So it was, I don't I didn't see anybody say that. And I go, Patrick just keeps having to hit seven irons into the screen. While Bryson has a wedge, probably probably a lop wedge for, for all we know. And and Canley has above average length. <laughs> he's like very. He's not short. Pretty incredible. Yeah. All, all right. right. Well, probably. should we talk about Patrick Reed? Probably should. Let's talk about the Tour Championship. Um, East Lake. In Atlanta, oldest golf course in Atlanta, designed by Tom Bendelo. Great designer, did a bunch of courses in Chicago, including. Mm, I might have to check this up. I th- check this, look this up. I think he did at least one or two of the courses at Medina here and he may have even done one at olympia but um aurora country club bunch of others three he did three courses for the founders of medina um including number three which is where they uh um play the big tournaments Granted, these have been redesigned and stuff, but he is nicknamed the Johnny Appleseed of American golf. And I think back way back in the day, the way that this worked is they would kind of hire these guys to do drawings. And then the club and the owners of the club would handle the build. And that's why these guys had their, like a Donald Ross, a Tom Bendelow, have their names on so many golf courses. Because if you were just going to oversee the entire construction from start to finish, you end up designing far fewer courses over, you know, your tenure as a, as a designer or an architect. But in this case, it's more of like a for hire, come to the site, do the drawings, we'll build the golf course. And hence... Tom Bendelow is one of these guys who you'll uh, many, many people will be familiar with, even though he's not really as famous as um, some of the other designers, even modern designers like Tom Doak. But um, the golf course is like old style, traditional Bobby Jones uh, played here. Like I said, it's the oldest course in Atlanta. So it is that country club uh, style. Um Bermuda, um, and it's long. It's no no uh, picnic. Uh, seventy three hundred par seventy. Granted, it doesn't. You know, like you don't. I don't think you need to be long here. I just think you need to be good with longer clubs into the greens because we've seen plenty of non bombers have uh, great success here. 
including, you know, Kevin Kisner, uh, Billy Horschel comes to mind, have had some some high finishes here. So it's not like it, it's a bombers only type of course, but it will test. You will have to hit some some decently long approaches into the green. So and then the, obviously we have plenty of course history here. So gambling wise, this is one of the most interesting events of the year because obviously we have 30 guys who are assigned a score. As you all know, starting with Patrick Cantlay at 10 under. So when you play DraftKings, for example, the top guys are usually 11, 2, 11, 5, 11, 7. They're 13 something this week. And the low guys are in the five thousands instead of the low sixes. Um, and in the gambling markets, you can bet winners of the tournament and therefore FedEx, which include the starting strokes, and you can bet on who will have the best four-round score total. So does that open up opportunity? I happen to think so. I don't know what your take on the board was when you first looked at it, Hunter. I... I... I'm still trying to decide if I like this new format. Are we in year three or four of this? Does that sound about right? 2018, 17? For the, sta- for the staggered like, start? This is this is either the second or the third go around, I think, with this, isn't it? Third third sounds right, I believe. Sounds but we will we'll clarify that correction. Maybe Peter can look it up right now. I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure if I I like it more than how it was prior in the sense that prior if you were in the top five and you won, you 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 won. So there was no there was no way for <laughs> there there was too much computer involved with it and not just enough not enough playing golf. So I think from a from a standpoint of making it easier for the viewer to, to watch. I, I like that. I don't necessarily know how it stacks up with as far as the board goes because there's a night in the name that really jumps out to me, which sounds crazy because I'm kind of a, not really a fan of – I am a fan of him. I take that back. Tony Finau is plus 750 right now. And correct me if I'm wrong, he is, he is starting two back. He's in second place. That's correct, eight under. His – scoring average at this place is is pretty incredible his uh no worse than 72 and 16 rounds east lake his average is 68.88 and uh and, and obviously Remember, he's coming off of, 70 though yes but he's all he's coming off of a somewhat of a decent little stretch here i mean with a win and so I do like I Tony's name stands out I don't I don't know where he falls as far as outrider if I'm going to be looking at top five or top ten but those numbers are super wonky this week too obviously with just the with the staggered start you're looking at some serious negative odds for a lot of for a Mm -hmm. lot of those top guys in that top five top ten so I I I I don't know. Should we so just? You're drawn to Finau. I'm drawn to Finau, but at the same time, should we just should we just block all the noise and put and bet Rom? Because I mean, he's just he's going to keep playing well. I'm not. Is, or is he running well, gas too? I do love Rom. You mentioned Finau's scoring average. 
Um, he has a similar scoring average, about a tenth of a stroke lower. So he has a good record here. I He was my pick to win the FedEx Cup um, early on. The ball striking numbers last week weren't quite as good as maybe past weeks, but it did appear that he struggled the most around the greens, which would mean he's, he's now on a different grass type different surface, different course, obviously more familiar than the uh, Caves Valley, which was brand new to everybody last week. So I have a, like, I I thought it was interesting here. Let me pull this up for you because I think it's really interesting to toggle back and forth between um the odds with and without starting strokes. Rom is going to be teeing off in what? He's Fourth a, place, right? Yes, he'll be at six under. Yes. Okay. So if he's going to win the golf tournament, meaning the FedEx Cup, he only has to pass three guys and not let anyone from behind him pass him. So as a result, you have this interesting dichotomy, if you will, where he's plus 350 to win the tournament and therefore the FedEx Cup. But he's higher odds than that to be the shoot the lowest four-round score. I believe it's in the plus 600 range, and I'm sorry. I have really poor internet right now, which is not allowing me to uh, get these odds to update as quickly as I'd like. But I like Rom a lot this week. I just won't be yes, yeah, plus six, 600 to be the winner without starting strokes. I like Rom, but I just think they've pri- they've almost priced him out of value. So like plus 350, just I just don't I just I would never take that. Now will I wait on Rom and maybe get in on him as the week goes along? Yes, I think that can be a strategy. I think the plus 350 number is more likely to go up than down after they tee off, particularly since there can be some jostling on the on the first two rounds. And then so that's kind of the that's kind of my approach on Rom, because I do I do like him a lot. And then to your point about Tony Fino, one of the first things I clicked is if you go over to the without starting strokes and you look at finishing position numbers, and they're only going to really give you top tens probably this week, because uh, there's only thirty guys in the field. There's plus odds to top ten without starting strokes, so finish in the top third of this field. Starting at Bryson. And I think these numbers are really interesting because you have Bryson even money to top 10 without starting strokes. You have Cantley and Finau at plus 120 to top 10 without starting strokes. Again, that means to finish in the top one third of the field without starting strokes. Um, and even more interesting, you get the guys coming from behind 
who I think that there's value. And even though this is a, you know, 12 under ish winning score over four rounds without starting strokes, you will have some of the players who start two under three under four under whatever. Um, playing for birdies a little bit more. And therefore you may see some lower scores from those guys, just as you would in a regular event, um, see lower scores from guys coming up from behind than guys, quote unquote, leading the golf tournament. So there is the pressure of leading the golf tournament when you tee off on a Thursday. And so I think that does create value for guys down the board, like Hideki Matsuyama, who has a terrific record here and is plus 220 to top 10 without starting strokes, as is Sung J.M., and we mentioned Patrick Greed. I don't know how healthy he is, but he plays well here and is plus 250 to top 10 without starting strokes. So I would even I would even give some interest to Kevin Na at plus 300 um, to top 10 without starting strokes since he is playing so well. So I think there's value there in that top 10 area um, for winners without starting strokes. The odds aren't like they're, they're not great. Nothing really sh- stands out to me. One of the things that really stands out is Xander being 11 to one, the second favorite to shoot the low score without starting strokes. He is not priced like that at all in DraftKings. So I'm playing him heavy in DraftKings, and I will not be betting him because he's priced much, much lower in DraftKings and I think presents great value. But Justin Thomas is really the guy that I'm kind of looking at here as having an opportunity to shoot the lowest four-round total and to cash some halfway decent value on that at 14-1. to He has um, great history here. This golf course should be good for him in that it's more of a second shot golf course than a, than a driver's golf course. Um, and he must feel at least somewhat comfortable on these greens, given that he shot some really good scores around this track before. So that's kind of where I think uh, the value starts, but I think you can get some really interesting numbers in the top 10 market without starting strokes. I love Ron, but I think he's going to be really hard to bet this week unless you wait. So maybe save a bullet or two. And I do think JT's interesting for an outright uh, without starting strokes. I know, I know you you mentioned you didn't really like him, but uh, I don't hate that Xander that Xander bet with the before not not including starting strokes. And actually, I saw him. He's plus two hundred to top ten right now with with starting strokes on Barstool Sportsbook. So that's something uh, I mentioned Finau's scoring average, and you mentioned it's a par seventies. Uh, Xander's scoring average is sixty seven here, just above sixty seven. So, and I believe he has had. I mean, he, and he's had past. I'm trying to think. I was trying to find the exact. His exact finishes prior on East Lake, but I know he's had some success here, obviously with that with that scoring average where it is. So that that is a number that a number and a player that sticks in my head a little bit outside of Tony. 
because I, I can't believe I'm a, I can't bet Tony now, right? <clears throat> Wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I, I, either, Xander's a horse here. Yeah. And the limited field thing, it, it no cut. It's a real. It thing. all favors him. I love him in DraftKings because he's a good DraftKings scorer. He will make more birdies than most. Um, he's a good putter. I'm never on Xander, but and I probably won't take a you know. 11 to one with to win without starting strokes though. I do like that top 10 number that you just gave plus 200 with the starting strokes. He is starting pretty far back. I think at two, yeah, two under, but um, like I said, you can play with a little more abandon and he is the birdie maker. Um, so that, you know, is, I think that that's good value. I think that's interesting. And if you look at the DraftKings pricing this week, I, I know, like I, I'm with I'm with people on Rom, like I, I I get that. But if you can look past that, you can get to lineups where you can get Justin Thomas, Sanders, Shoffley, Rory McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, all in the same lineup. And I do think that you can. Well, I, I may be proven wrong, but I think there's value in guys coming from behind. Oh, I agree. Definitely, and especially the guys that are we are back there. I mean, those look like those are guys that that are more than more than capable of making a little bit of a run over four days. So it'll be, it'll be. I'm I'm excited to watch it. We gotta. Feels like I know golf is just ending, but it does feel like sports are kind of. We got a big sports weekend with college football back. Got the fans back. Got the tour championship. Got the Corn Ferry Tour championship. So. Not a bad way to spend the Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it's going to be great. Are you up here this weekend? I am. My cousin's getting married at Wallen Lake Country Club. So, oh my goodness, unfortunately, I will not be playing golf at Wallen Lake Country Club, though it is one of my favorite courses of all time. Talk about a love it or hate it. Um, but, yeah, we got to get to our top 10 courses in Michigan, or uh, Northern Michigan episodes pretty soon, too, because we're going to have a break. Yes, We'll be able to after this week. So maybe that'll be, maybe we'll do that uh, in two weeks time. Cause we're going to have probably a lot to talk about uh, next week as all these, we learn about who's on tour next year, who's not, and who's holding 15 million and who's only holding 10 yeah. and on and on. So that's all. Thanks for wasting 90 minutes of your life with us. Yes. Appreciate it. As always. Good luck at East Lake. Thanks, Hunter. Yep. See ya.